Hold on, hold on, Spencer. Stop, just stop. Wait, 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 wait. I think we need, we need, we need like one more kazoo. Is there anybody out here that has a kazoo? We need a kazoo player to add, jump up here. Yeah, you, sir. Yeah, come on up. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, give him a hand for our volunteer. All right. All right, I think we're ready. I think we're ready. All right, go ahead, Spencer. Make my wish come true All I want for Christmas Is you
Merry Christmas. Welcome to Union Chapel. We're so glad to have you here with us tonight to celebrate. I want to invite you to go ahead and stand, and uh, we'll get started here in just a moment. Take a, take a second to say hello to the people around you. Merry Christmas.
righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die, born to raise the sons of See
Amen, church, can we celebrate that tonight? Oh, holy one. Well, let's bow for a word of prayer. Jesus, we worship you in this place tonight. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you that that exists because of you, because of your life, because of your birth. And so tonight, may we worship you with all that we have and open our hearts to you fully. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, let's celebrate that once again. Amen. Hey, you can have a seat. Well, welcome to Christmas Eve at Union Chapel. You look great. You sound great. My name is Jeff Hughes. I serve as the Connections Pastor here. And simply put, what that means is if there's any opportunity you have to connect better with our church or connect better to God, if you have questions about that, I'm here to serve you and happy to meet you after the service and just uh, chat about that and help you plug into what's going on here at Union Chapel. Where you're going to see a program guide that looks like this that you were handed on the way in, go ahead and grab that. want to just reference a couple things in here. One is our connection card. This is an opportunity for everyone in the house tonight to just let us know you're here. So please uh, fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket in just a moment. You can also check in with us through our digital mobile app. It's available on all app stores. Just search Union Chapel Ministries. You'll see our logo. You can download that. There are a lot of great resources to get plugged in uh, on things going on at the church that you can find out there. In your bulletin, you'll also see our red envelope in regards to our special Christmas offering that we'll be collecting here tonight. As we've been talking the last few weeks here in our weekend services, this offering tonight will be comprised of three different initiatives. And we'll put that information up for you now. The first is the Blood and Fire Christmas Store. Of course, we've been partnering for many, many years to provide Christmas and Christmas presents for pennies on the dollar to over 250 families here in Delaware County that received help through the Blood and Fire Christmas Store. That has provided presents that will be given in the next few days uh, in our city, and we're really excited to have given them $10,000. So that money is spent, and we're in faith just believing God's going to do great things there. The second initiative is the Light Their Path Christmas Bibles program. You may not know that this program was formed out of one of our small groups here at Union Chapel, and they have given out over 8,800 Bibles. How amazing is that? So we're really excited to partner with them, giving out Bibles to children in our community and also as far away as Ecuador. Uh, we have sent a few hundred there already with some of our church planting initiatives and we'll do so again this coming summer. So we're real excited about that. The last uh, initiative that I wanna share with you is our strategic initiative to help in transitional housing for those in drug uh, rehab. And so we're very, very excited to embark on this initiative as a church, to step into this zone of making a difference in a strategic way. And so we are building a war chest, an opportunity for us to go out and do what God is strategically calling us to do to provide for a need in our city that is unmet. We believe that that is why we exist as a church, to serve our city. And so we're gonna do just that. And so you'll see that we have a lofty goal tonight in our offering and we're very, very excited. and want you to know that every single dollar that has been given and every dollar that will be given in the red envelopes and through the unionchapel.com uh, online giving will go to these three initiatives for the Christmas offering. And so we're very, very excited about what, is, what God is going to do in this next season. 
So you can give that tonight in the red offering envelope, drop that in the bucket when it passes in just a moment or at unionchapel.com, click on give and indicate Christmas offering. Well, church, let's bow for a moment of prayer before we receive the offering. Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be a church that loves people. Thank you for the amazing folks here tonight in this room. And I pray that as we give, that it would be an expansion of our singing, of our worship to you tonight. We love you and help us to give this gift to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you're seated this direction, there's a gray offering bucket underneath your chair. Grab that and send it down for your offering and your connection card. Thanks so much. The most amazing thing to me about Christmas is the fact that, well, my husband and I just had our 54th Christmas together. And for 54 years, people have made room in their schedule to be together every year at the same time, all together. That doesn't happen with anything else. That's amazing. It's a time of remembering and also um the spirit of Christmas and the family going to church together. Um, I really love the holidays because it's kind of like um, a gauge for how much we're all growing up because each year there's like um, kind of like a new addition, like one of the cousins got married or there's a new kid. It's just really cool to see uh, how we're all growing up and like being able to see that when we all get together for the holidays. The holidays always seem to be a time that uh, slows everything down where we can um, enjoy each other and, and remember the value we have in each other. Um, takes the pressure off of real life. This day is to remember his birth and to remember the beginning of that. Um, and I think that's really special. Like I think of silent night and how like just like such a humble beginning I guess you could say and then to turn into something so powerful good afternoon everyone Merry Christmas to you my name is Greg Paris I'm so glad you're here welcome to uh, Christmas at Union Chapel this year uh, I'm just thrilled that you're here and trust that you are having a good day with your family and friends. And it's great to see all of your faces, smiling faces, all these children in the room. It's, uh, it's just great. I have a question for you. What is the most amazing thing to you in the world? The most amazing thing. You ever thought about that? That is so amazing. How about, how about nature? Nature's amazing. Children, children are amazing. I thought bugs are amazing. Don't you agree? I mean, think about it. They're everywhere. There are bugs in this room right now. We don't know how they got in. People who can moonwalk, I think that's amazing. I can't do it. I know that. How about people who can whistle with their fingers? All right, I'm about to set you free. Are you ready? If you can whistle with your finger, I can't do it but I've always admired people who can. One of my neighbor's dad growing up, he could whistle from across town and you could hear him, it was amazing. And so if you can whistle with your fingers, okay kids, you should plug your ears, this'll be loud, this'll be loud. All right, everybody can whistle with their fingers, go ahead, whistle. 
That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, yeah, see? Who taught you how to do that? How did, can, is there a school for that? Where do you go? I wish I could do that. That's amazing. Yeah. Some people uh, take amazing selfies. Others of us, not so great. Yeah. Some people tell great stories. That's amazing. How about people who can pick a lock? I can't do it, but I wish I could. Been lots of times in my life when I thought, I wish I could pick that lock. That's amazing. I love that stuff. Uh, how about tie a tie? You know, this is a total mystery to most people in the world. Tying a tie is amazing. How about juggling? That's amazing. How about speed reading? Yeah, solving a Rubik's Cube. That's amazing. I admire people who can do that. Uh, I've also thought about other things that are amazing. How about people who are generous? Folks who laugh often. People who are optimistic. That's amazing. Love their kids. Faithful to their spouse. That's amazing. Develop their strengths. Who travel. Appreciate differences. Love their lives. How about people who encourage others? Isn't that amazing? It's really amazing. Love nature. Listen intently. People who are modest. How about this? People who are content. They're amazing. Here's my favorite. Don't live to impress, but people who live to inspire. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. There, there's something even more amazing than all of those things, at least to me. In fact, I would put this at the top of the top of the heap, the, the most amazing thing in the world. It's, it's really above all the others. It's quintessential, amazing. And I'm going to tell you what I think that is in just a moment. In the meantime, I want you to think about a few things. One thing I want you to think about is that the great educational impulse in the world is the result of Christmas. Stop and think about that. The educational impulse. All the great institutions of higher learning have their roots in the Judeo-Christian ethic. For example, all the Ivy League schools in America were founded by persons motivated by a deep faith, which informed their ethic and education. Harvard and Yale, Princeton. Princeton, for example, was founded by a man whose name was William Tennant. Uh, he is the great grandfather, several removed, from Reverend Dr. Timothy Tennant, who is the current president of Asbury Theological Seminary, a good friend of mine. And again, the roots go back to men and women of great faith who had this educational impulse. The, the great educational impulse in the world is because of Christmas. Think about this. This is something else amazing. The great healing impulse in the world is the result of Christmas. Think about this. Medical clinics, hospitals, all over the world have the name of Christian saints and Christian denominations in their title. Lutheran Hospital, Methodist Hospital, St. Francis Hospital, St. Joseph, St. Mary, St. Vincent's, on and on it goes. And this is for good reason. When you think about it, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. He was and is the divine healer, the great physician. And so it stands to reason that the great healing impulse is because of Christmas. You know, many of you perhaps have thought about this. This is an amazing thing. The whole world marks time as a result of Christmas. You know about this. When referring to time past or present 
or future, the entire world acknowledges one point of demarcation, that is the birth of Jesus Christ. We have in our chronological time and dating mechanisms, both BC, which stands for before Christ was born, and AD. And we, we speculate that the AD may stand for after something, after death, but that's not exactly right. It, it's actually a Latin, from a Latin phrase, anno domini. And it simply means the year of our Lord. And so we are living in the AD period of time as recognized by the demarcation made by the birth of Jesus Christ. And today this is 2019, the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing that we mark time this way. Well, there are lots of amazing things around Christmas that we can identify. Certainly it's a joyous time of the year. It's a thrilling time for children, so exciting and fun for them. It's enriching for adults as we gather with friends and colleagues and family. It's a good time to get, get a bargain at your favorite store. Another, another amazing thing about this holiday season is how it provokes generosity with people. I mean, just a moment ago, Pastor Jeff said that we're gonna help some folks in recovery. We're determined to be strategic about that and add value to our community in that process and that ministered to some of you. And so you actually reached in your pocket and threw some money in an offering. Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing. That's a virtuous thing. It's a strong thing because of Christmas. It's amazing, generosity. I wanna read for you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter one, just to remind us of the Christmas story as we've gathered on this Christmas Eve. uh, We'll put the words on the screen for you so you can follow along. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, it's not the first time in history that we saw that last phrase, that concluding phrase that Matthew uses here in his first chapter, but we have heard it earlier from Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah the prophet lived about 700 years before the birth of Christ, 740 BC. And we find in Isaiah's prophecy, as it written down in the Old Testament, more references to the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, and the, and the details of his life than any other of the Old Testament prophets. And so Matthew is simply quoting from Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14. And so he, he, he mentions that, that this is a sign unto you. That's important to know context. And so if we go back to 740 BC, when Isaiah is prophesying to the nation of Israel at that time, they were led by a king named Ahaz. He was the king of Judah. And they were facing an existential threat. There were enemies that had surrounded the, the, the nation and, and surrounded Jerusalem. And 
Ahaz the king was fearing for his life and for the entire nation. And the prophet Isaiah speaks to him and reminds him of coming Messiah and this sign, which will accompany the coming of the Messiah. And what he mentions in his prophecy is that the Messiah is going to come through the tribe of Judah and the house of David. The tribe of Judah and the house of David. This is very important for Ahaz and it's very important for the time when Jesus was born. It's very important for us right now. This is a sign that was good then and it's a sign that's good right now. And he said that the Messiah is going to be born through a certain lineage, certain legacy, the tribe of Judah, the house of David. Now, in the contemporary reality of Ahaz, he's afraid for his life and for the nation, 740 BC, but the prophet reassures him by saying, listen, you don't have to worry about being exterminated at this moment of history because God is going to use your tribe and going to use your family to birth the Messiah into the world. And 700 years later, Jesus is born. And so this sign is still good for us because the sign implies that you don't have to fear, you don't have to worry that your enemies, the enemies of God, are somehow going to overwhelm you because God has plans for you. Just like he had plans for Israel and the tribe and the right house, the sign is still in effect. God's plan, listen to me, his plan and purpose for you, for each one of our lives, and the enemy's attack against those plans cannot stand until God's purposes are fulfilled in us. God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has a design, God has a destiny, God has a destination for every one of us. And God's given us a sign, not until you fulfill the purposes that I have ordained for your life. That's really great news. And so we, we, find, we find hope in this, this beautiful prophecy. Well, let me tell you what I think is the most amazing thing in the world. This is the greatest, this is the greatest thing, most amazing thing in the world. I want to put this little statement on the screen. This is what I think it is. God became human. Almighty God became a human being. Sort that if you can. Let that soak in. This is Christmas. This is the moment when we contemplate this very reality. God became human. This is why Christmas changes everything. This is why the whole world counted time up to Christ and now counts time after Christ because God became a human. See, Jesus Christ, he's, he was a good guy. He really was. He's a good man. He's a good teacher. He's a prophet. He was a healer. He was a sage, all that. But Jesus was and is and always will be God. God became a human. So when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16, it says he asked his disciples a very important question. And the question that he asked his disciples that day is the same question that is asked of us in our day. It in fact is the most important question that you will ever hear and answer in your life. There, there is no more important question than this. Jesus that day asked his disciples, who do men say that I am and who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? What are others saying and what do you say about who I am? 
Very powerful, very powerful question. And the reason that's a very powerful question is because he's asking you, he's asking me, he, he asks every person who's lived since this question was asked the first time. And indeed, the answer to this question will determine your eternal destiny. The answer to the question determines where you will spend eternity. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? You say, well, he's a good man. You'd be right. One of the prophets for sure. Or do you say he was the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God? That day when he asked his disciples, Peter never shy to offer his opinion. He said, I believe you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a powerful moment. We know Jesus was God because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Theologians call this the immaculate conception. Immaculate conception. When you hear that, you go, that's pretty fancy, pretty fancy talk. What does it mean? Well, we know what conceived means. We got that down. So what's, what's immaculate? What does that mean? We know what that means. We use it in our vernacular when we say, you know, you go to her home. Her home is immaculate. Have you ever said that? Some of you are laughing right now because you're thinking, yeah, well, somebody's house may be immaculate, but mine's not, not what you'd call immaculate. But we know what it means, don't we? It means it's clean. It means it's spotless. It means it's ordered. It means it's perfect. And here's what we know, that Jesus was conceived in purity, which enabled him to live free of the sin nature and thereby qualify as a perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. See, he was fully man, born of a woman, and he was fully God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, immaculately conceived, conceived in purity, spotlessness. So it's amazing. It's amazing. This is astonishing. I mean, this is over the top. This is why angels appeared the night of his birth. Glad tidings of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. That's you and me. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's an amazing thing. God didn't send a messenger. Watch it. He came himself. He came himself. He didn't send an author. He didn't send a writer to somehow spell it out for us. He came himself. He came himself. He didn't send someone else to redeem us from our sins. He came himself. This is an amazing thing. God became a human. God became a human. He put on an earth suit. He descended through the ranks of glory and angels and landed all the way on the ground and became a, a man. And we beheld him as the only son of God. And then he lived a perfect, sinless life, immaculately conceived and offered himself as a perfect sacrifice for your sins and mine. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is amazing grace. This is a powerful gospel. This is the message that can transform any life in any moment that says yes to his wonderful gift. Let me tell one more story. A judge was asked by a good friend of his after the friend had received a traffic ticket. Hey, judge, would you take care of this for me? 
judge took the ticket. Afterwards, the man saw the judge, his friend again, said, hey, thanks for, thanks for getting that ticket of mine dismissed. And the judge said, well, I didn't, get, I didn't get it dismissed for you. I paid it. The friend said, oh, no, no, no. No, judge, I, I didn't expect you to pay. Pay the fine. I just wanted you to, you know, fix it. Just fix it for me. And the judge asked, asked his friend, well, were you guilty? Were, did, were you speeding? The man said, well, yeah. And the judge said, well, justice demanded that the penalty be paid. He said, as a righteous judge, I can't, I can't dismiss the charges against you, but I can pay the fine myself. You know where I'm going? God didn't dismiss the penalty of our sins. No, no. He paid the penalty for us. What's the response to that? The response is, thank you. I accept. Thank you. I receive. Thank you. I take hold of the gift that you offer me. Didn't deserve it. I was guilty. Yeah, you got me. Couldn't wiggle out of this if I wanted to. So thanks. Thank you so much for paying the penalty for me. This is Christmas, friends. This is the season when we acknowledge the most amazing moment in human history, when God became a human being and then went on to live his life and sacrifice his life on our behalf. What better moment, what better season for us to say yes and accept this gift of life and hope that he offers us? For some of you, maybe in this room, maybe you're visiting from out of town, I don't know. Here's an opportunity for you to say yes to this amazing gift. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray just for a moment. Let me, let me offer a, the words for a prayer. I'll say them out loud. You pray them out loud after me. Everyone together, out loud. Are you ready? After me. God, you are amazing. Thank you for sending your son to pay for my sins. I receive the gift you offer the gift of eternal life, the gift of hope. God, you are amazing. Thank you for paying the penalty for me. I receive the love you offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. My wife's going to come now, and we're going to do this uh, beautiful tradition of lighting candles and singing Silent Night. The ushers are going to uh, prepare to light the candles on the end of the row. And I just want to give you some instructions. The kids have their glow sticks. Now, let me give you some instructions about candles. Are you ready? Here, here, here's the instructions. A candle, a candle which is lit is only held upright. A lighted candle is never laid on its side. Never. Under any circumstance, nothing good ever happens when a candle like that. So the candle that is lit stays upright. The candle that is unlit comes in from the side and then goes upright. 
and remains upright. Because a candle that's laying inside starts spitting wax all over the place and on the person sitting in front of you. And now the flame is more exposed and, and we've seen this happen. And so we don't wanna ever see it again when grandma's hair is ignited and it just goes up. She just got, she just got her hair done. And there's, there's explosive material that has been sprayed all over the hair because it's got to last, you know, for the next few days. And you don't want to set it off. It's, it's not pleasant. So, so as the ushers come to light your candles, just remember the rules, okay? <laughs> ushers, you can come now and let's, uh, let's begin lighting the candles. And as soon as your candle is lit, uh, then you may stand and we'll be prepared to sing.
right now, carefully extinguish your, your candle. Here's the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, everyone.